in connection with the question, what do we know about the truthfulness of God from the Bible, we proceed to consider a tenth objection that has been raised against the truthfulness and consistency of the Bible and by implication of the divine author of the Bible. It is objected that if when men repent of sin and exercise one act of saving faith, their past, present, and future sins are all dealt with so that heaven is guaranteed to them without further condition, why are there so many passages in the Bible that solemnly warn true Christians to take heed lest they make shipwreck of their faith and be lost. If all the sins that a person shall commit through life are judicially dealt with beforehand, then how can any Christian ever come under condemnation again for these same sins and be lost forever? Will God extract the penalty of sins twice over? If he has guaranteed heaven, will he retract himself and declare that souls may not arrive to that wonderful destination? Most certainly it is true that Christians are in danger of coming under condemnation again if they depart from the pathway of faith and obedience. This is most obvious from the plain declarations of the New Testament and of the whole Bible. If, therefore, the New Testament affirms that all a person's sins are dealt with in mass, past, present, and future, and at the same time insists upon continuance in the grace of God if final salvation is to be achieved, then the New Testament contradicts itself or is inconsistent with its own presentation. But let us ascertain the facts in the case. First of all, we affirm that the New Testament, as well as the Old, absolutely insists upon a continuance in faith and obedience until death as a condition of final salvation. The very tone of the Bible is that salvation from sin is not a fixity, but is dependent upon our abiding in Christ until death and continually taking heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, as we read in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. Let us consider some of the passages which insist upon this continuance in the faith. Certainly this continuance with God should not be an imposition upon man. God has the great abounding relationship of his presence to offer to man, and certainly it would be a state of love on the part of God to insist that men should abide in his wonderful presence, knowing that thereby abiding, their hearts would be filled with the great radiance. Certainly the life of sin is not to be compared in any way to the great abounding relationship with God that we can come into 
through repentance and through a proper attitude toward God and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But let us read a few scriptures. For example, in Exodus 32, verses 30 to 33, we have a very important incident after the tragic event of the golden calf. Here Moses is interceding for the people after God's righteous anger had been exercised upon them for their disobedience. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, O this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. And now if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. So, the future life of the child of God is conditional. Man is not to take advantage of the great loving heart of God and return to the pathways of disobedience and expect to have the favor and love and grace of God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9, David spoke to Solomon these words, And thou, Solomon, my son, Know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Here we have a plain conditionality of future salvation. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 2, we read these words. Here is another admonition of the necessity of continuing with God. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Here is a conditionality of our future relationship to God. Ezekiel was most pronounced in his assertions, as recorded in the 18th chapter, verses 24 and 26. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? This is exactly the question. If a true child of God transgresses the heart of God, and persists against the loving operations of the Holy Spirit, to return him to that place of happy submission and prevails on against all the measures that God can take to restrain him from his continuance therein, 
Shall he still live and go to heaven? That is a great question. But Ezekiel affirmed, All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. In his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned, in them shall he die. Again, 26. When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. Certainly this is a conditionality of future salvation. In the 33rd chapter, verses 12 and 13. Therefore thou son of man, say unto the children of my people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. For as the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. In other words, God has no guarantee of future salvation to anyone persisting on in sin and not repenting of every known transgression. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousnesses shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Verse 18, When the righteous turneth from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. Certainly these representative passages from the Old Testament insist upon the continuance in faith and obedience until death. In the 18th chapter of Matthew, verses 21 to 35, our Lord Jesus set forth a certain parable designed to indicate the kindness of God in the forgiveness of sin. He likened this wonderful situation of the mercy of God to a certain king who would take account of his servants, and one came which owed him a great debt. And we read in verse 27, after this servant had humbled himself before the master, we read, Then was the Lord of that servant moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. This is an indication of the operations of the great God. But then, unhappily, this servant found a fellow servant who owed him a small amount, and he would not forgive him, even though his fellow servant had great humiliation and besought his mercy. Then we read in verses 32 to 5, then his Lord, after that he had called him, that is, the king, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So if we fall into an attitude of hardness, 
refuse to walk in humiliation before God and be forgiving to others, certainly this applies to us. If we forgive not these small debts to one another, when God has so mercifully extended his kindness and forgiveness toward us, certainly God has no further remedy for such an undeserving attitude. But we shall continue this reading in our next visit. Our Heavenly Father, with great thankfulness of heart, we thank thee for thy word, which reveals to us not only the marvels of thy grace and the wonders of thy forgiveness, but the requirements of respect and love and continuance in thy grace. So we pray that many may respond by repentance, by faith, be reconciled to thee. And those of us who know thy name may take heed that we abide steadfastly in thy wonderful love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.